Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast, Kevin Acey, Jay Posner. I cover the Padres. Jay, well, he's a sports editor. He's got his hand in everything. He knows everything about everything. So, Jay, um, what's going on here? Padres, Angels, three games. You're going to go out to a couple of these, right? You're not going to get to see your guy, Mike Trout. Oh, don't remind me. I uh, all waited. I, I looked it up this morning because I didn't think the Angels had been here in a while. The Angels have played at Petco Park once. This is this is the fifteenth season at Petco Park, and the Angels. This is their second visit to Petco. The first one was in twenty twelve, when when Trout was a rookie, and you know we thought, yeah, this guy's pretty good, but this was going to be the chance to see the best player in baseball. Got tickets to a couple games. I've got you know I know some other people, Angels fans. Our former boss Doug Doug Williams very excited about uh, about coming and. Then we got this. And then yesterday comes the news that Andrelton Simmons had been scratched with a sore knee. But from what I was reading this morning, uh, it looks like Simmons is expected to play. And he's a tremendous player for, you know, for people who don't see him much and great defensively, having his best offensive season. Uh, he's actually second. He has a, a war of over five, according to baseball reference, which is second on the Angels, only behind Trout. And then, you know, the other thing is, at the beginning of the year, we were hoping we'd see Shohei Otani pitching against the Padres. Now he'll be limited to pinch hitting because he can't play in the field and he can't pitch. (laughs) So I don't think the the Padres are going to go for a DH in this series so that the fans can watch Otani. But he's been outstanding. Uh, 868 OPS, 12 home runs. Uh, He's, you know... He's been really good. And, of course, Justin Upton will be back uh, uh, played for the Padres. He's got 24 home runs. So, I mean, the Angels, I think it's funny. They're, they're kind of a weird team. They're sort of mediocre. They were doing well, and then they've fallen apart. And, I, you know, I was just – their last 37 games, they're 18 and 19. And for the season, they're 59 and 60. I mean, I guess that's just what they are. Uh, they're just a 500 team. It is what they are. And you know what they are, too? They're a cautionary tale. I was talking with some Angels fans last night, and man, did they sound like Padres fans. And I imagine Angels writers sometimes sound like Padres writers. And you were one of those, weren't you, Kevin? I was a long time ago, um, before they won a World Series, That's right. um, which That's was right. a long time ago. But my, my point is that like this team is just perpetually underperforming with Future Hall of Famers ushering in and out and the greatest player in the game on their team for uh, the last seven seasons. Well, one of the reasons, I think, is because they signed a future Hall of Famer in Albert Pujols, which really messed them up. They overpaid him at the wrong time. And, you know, he's he's been okay, but he can't he, – he, he's got some – he's still got a little bit of power, but he can't run, so he doesn't – I think his on-base percentage is below 290. I mean, it's just, you know, it's the kind of thing that you, we see on the Padres and say, oh, this guy's got to get better. Uh, if he's going to stick around. But the problem is, I don't know that Pujols... I mean, he, look, he's one of the greatest players ever. Uh, and uh, and so it's always But you knew when they signed that contract that these last years were just, I mean, barring a miracle right. or him being able to get away with, uh, you know, some sort of enhancement, um, you know, <laughs> they were going to be a gigantic waste of money. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was, but they were hoping to get more out of the first part of it, which, you know, which didn't... Right, which didn't happen. And... Uh, but the other hand here, the Padres are fun to watch all of a sudden. No, they are. Absolutely. I mean, yesterday, I, I, I think Freddie Galvis with a grand slam. I mean, you talk about coming out of nowhere with that. And, of course, another at least one great defensive play. I will admit I didn't see the entire game. I had it on the, uh, the second screen while I was watching the PGA yesterday, as most 
people were, uh, most sports fans were in San Diego. But the Padres had another good weekend. I mean, you wouldn't have expected them to ever win a game where Walker Lockett starts against Aaron Nola. Uh, and they did lose that one, but they won on Friday and Sunday. And, and Joey Lucchese, uh must have pitched pretty well yesterday, even, you know. He pitched very well for a guy who pitched like crap. <laughs> <laughs> he was sailing pitches, which he doesn't normally do, right. just could not find his fastball, zero churve, except for when he actually absolutely needed to have a strikeout. Um, and then speaking of strikeouts, now here is what I find fascinating when you're covering a team every day and you're covering a team which, you know, here pretty soon is going to have four rookies in its starting rotation of, of either five or six uh, pitchers in right. their starting rotation. Four of them will be rookies. Um, Joey Lucchese yesterday in the, I believe it would be the fifth, because because uh, the ball, maybe it was the sixth, but for Freddie Galvis's uh, home run. It was the half inning after that. The the Phillies are up, and Austin Hedges calls for a fastball, basically down the middle to Carlos Santana. And Joey Lucchese gives him like a Joey Lucchese look, like what the heck? But all these young pitchers trust Austin Hedges so much, he throws it. And I think this is probably one of the good defensive plays that you're you're uh, mentioning. Travis Jankowski running down a uh, ball in the gap, right? Two right. plays in a row, actually. Right. Ball in center, ball in the gap. And so well, this fastball gets crushed. And then, you know, hey, in uh, Citizens Bank Park or many others, it's a home run, right? But no one's on. Lucchese's cruising through this inning, and Hedges wants to teach him, dude, we're up 5-0. to zero. You don't have to get a strikeout every time. Right. No, that's We've perfect. got... Travis Jankowski out there. So that's exactly what he said to him after the inning when Lucchese comes in and goes, man, what was that? <laughs> I almost got taken deep. And he's all, so what if you would have been? It would have been 5-1, to one, and we move on. Right, right. No, I mean, the biggest thing is avoiding big innings, and, and that was the one, th- the one mistake they made yesterday was Spangenberg wasn't able to turn the double play, and, it resu- and, it, and they wound up giving up three runs because of it. And, you know, they, they ended up adding on in the next inning, so everything was okay. But those are the things that when you have the big leads that you're right, just avoid. If you give up a solo home run, so what? It's better than walking a couple guys and then, you know, relying on somebody to make a play for you. And if they don't make a play, now you're in, now you're in trouble. And by the way, it's so stupid that you can't assume a double play there and, it's, <laughs> and that those runs are all earned. That was a double play ball. So. And there was another error, and, and it, yet all three runs were earned. And I know the other error actually didn't contribute, but still, it's like there's a two-error inning, and all three runs are unearned, and you're like, wait a minute, what the heck? Right, right. So. <laughs> yeah, then we have questions about things that are errors. I mean, I've seen some crazy things lately. It really depends what stadium you're at. I will tell you this. this by the way, official scorers at Petco Park are among the best, if not the best in the league. And that's really hard to believe for someone like me that sees so many games at Petco that, that, there, that there are people, although I did, there, there was, I don't even remember the game I was watching the other, over the weekend, but there was a game like that where somebody got charged with, didn't get charged with an error and it was just like so obvious and the announcers were like, how is that not an error? And I mean, it's just kind of a, it's just one of these running jokes throughout, um, throughout baseball, but I'm not saying, look, there are times where I'm like, wow, that official score did a really good job. Right. Something crazy happened. They had to make the ruling or they come back and they correct themselves or something. But there's some times where there's an ide- there could be an identical play in back-to-back innings, and it depends on was it the home team or the visiting team on how it's ruled. I mean, it really is. Right. These, th- 
these announcers were saying, oh, I'm sure they'll go back and look at that. And I was thinking to myself, no, they won't. They won't look at anything. But uh, speaking of things that are stupid, I, can we go on a tangent here for a second? I guess we can because it's, 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 it's our podcast and we can do what we want. <laughs> but I read this story today I mean, about David Bodie, the, the kid on the Cubs, who crushes a walk-off slam last night. The Cubs are down 3-0. It's the ninth inning. He's two strikes, right? The golden slam, which I had never heard of. Um, but he crushes a ball. Not It wasn't Fran Mill Reyes crushed in, uh, at Wrigley, but it was up there. It was over 420, I think. He goes, you know, he flips the bat. He runs around the bases like crazy. He jumps on home plate. And today he's apologizing for flipping the bat. And it's just... Why is this still a thing? Why are why are baseball players not allowed to have fun? Why are they apologizing for having fun? And I tweeted about this a little while before we taped this that I'm glad and I, I didn't hear about this and I hope and I don't know if you did. No one in Milwaukee said anything about what Renfro did the other day, right? Because he did the same uh, even a bigger bat flip, actually, than Bodie did. But that's what you're supposed to do. You just won a game with a grand slam. It, you know, putting the ball, just dropping your bat to the ground and not having any emotion is just – that's not what sports is about. Sports is about having a great time. He wasn't showing anybody up. He did something great, and he, and he did this bat flip or whatever. And today he's apologizing for it. So Now, do you know what the impetus of the apology was? Because the answer about Milwaukee is no, I've not. at least I've not seen anything. And I do want to tell you about I talked to the Padres after uh, the Cubs, uh, who was the pitcher that celebrated. And I think that they were being genuine when they you know, explained to me how they didn't feel it was a problem. And that, you know, I was just talking to them about this kind of new generation. And right, it was completely Pedro different. Stroke. That, uh, Pedro Stroke. Pedro right, uh, Stroke, the right. Tiger, uh, you know, the you know whatever. Pumps. But the Padres are like, yeah, saw it. Okay, yeah, I get it that maybe some people would be upset, but, you know, man, it's a different game now. But what was the impetus? I, I what, don't, did Joe Madden get his panties in a bunch? Well, no, it wouldn't have been Madden, I don't think, because it, it was his team. So, uh, I, I think... Oh, it, that's, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, yeah sorry. So, I'm, I'm sort of down. That was going to leave me another tangent on Joe Madden. Nah, I tried it too hard, but go ahead. Right. Why did he... I don't know where it came from, but he was on the radio, and I, I don't know if, like, one of his... If one of his teammates, you know, said something about it, or... If it did come from the other team, I'm I, I'm uh, I'm looking this up as we uh, as we speak here. But I, it just seemed like it was so crazy that he would um, that he would do this. Um, it, oh, it says in the story here. It says it's unclear why Bodie felt the need to apologize. Huh. Uh, it says seeing as how his bat flip wasn't over the top, and even if it was, it would have been hard to blame him. But we're not young, and we do remember when that would have been caused for a you know a, a you know a pitch in the back the next day. And that would have been. And the, by the way, that was that was dumb too when they did that kind of stuff. But because but, but, but we all accepted it like right. oh, okay whatever you know whatever and and you talked about it and you knew it was coming. That's just not what it is anymore. And actually, even those who are old and like old school. If you want your sport to survive, look, this is a part of it. And it's, if you embrace it, it's kind of fun. actually. Right. And it seemed like that things were sort of turning around where, where it was being more and more accepted, uh, with that sort of thing. And, and, and to see that today, I just, it was, it was really too bad. And again, nobody seems to know why, why it happened, but, uh, I am glad to hear that, that there was nothing that came out of the Milwaukee situation and of course the teams don't play again this year so I guess we won't know and until next spring when the uh when the Padres go to Maryville and all of a sudden Renfro get, gets <laughs> one in the back and you'll be like we 
wait a minute. Oh, yeah. This I don't is, think Craig counsels that guy. Right. And I will save, because we've gotten off track. We've had a lot of fun doing it. I'll save my Joe Madden rant for later. And I happen to like Joe Madden. I've known him a long time, but it's like, geez. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Now, what about Will Myers? Let's, let's talk about the Padre side of things. Will Myers will be at third base tonight. I can't wait to see this. We used, uh, we, we talked about this a lot. We've established, and I think that it's roundly considered uh, to be a good move. Will Myers getting a chance at third. Not only is he probably capable of being serviceable there maybe even good someday um now's the time to do it it gives opportunity to other outfielders there really is no downside for a last place team deciding that they need to find a place for one of its uh, their best bats to play no i i agree i mean the only downside is if myers gets hurt but he's gotten hurt playing where you know playing in the outfield too although it's it actually usually seems like he gets hurt from batting um but uh but anyway i i, I think it'll be interesting i i'm curious to see if the angels you know, drop a couple bunts, uh, you know, his way. Let's see Albert Pujols bunt and see, uh, see, see that race down the line between Myers coming in and, and Pujols going to first. But I, I do think that uh, uh, that is definitely one thing to watch tonight is let, what happens with Will Myers at third. I think it's funny that last night he went all the way to San Bernardino and, and uh, got what, like a, gr- a ground ball and a pop-up or something? Yeah, he was lamenting that. It's funny. Absolutely. But like, Okay, so what if he'd gotten four routine grounders and played them all perfectly? I don't think that was going to matter much <laughs> tonight. Right, right. And and uh, I saw, you know, Jeff Jeff Sanders has a story today that he he took some a lot of uh, fielding practice before the game and and fielded most of them cleanly. Only one throw was really offline. So, uh, you know, and if a throw is offline, you know, it's not like Christian Villanueva hasn't made some throws that have uh, been offline this year or, or that or that anybody else is perfect uh, in terms of making throws either. So uh, I, I do think it's it's an interesting thing and curious to see how many to- how often we see him at third base over these over these final you know seven weeks or so whatever's left in the in the season till we get to the end of September and I I think that's just another thing that you know along with watching guys like uh Lauer and Lucchese and, and look Nick's Jacob Nix the other night we we overlooked that a tremendous performance uh out of the gate against the Phillies and uh looking forward to seeing his his next start later this week uh as well and even Brett Kennedy obviously deserves another shot here uh, t- tomorrow night to see what uh, to see if he can be better than uh, than he was last. And week. what he did, look, I'm not saying it's perpetual this leash, but what he did in AAA and what they even thought of him before the year, he's got a, at least a few more starts oh, before I, they say I would hope that's so. a done I mean, deal. Look what, so, yeah. given, look what they've given Brian Mitchell. Um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> Thirteen and a half million reasons. Yeah, why. but no, uh, Lockett, and again, I think I you think and I are Lockett both in support of that at this point. Right. No, I, I think Kennedy should be in the I mean, look, if he if he goes out and he continually gives up five runs in the first two innings every time, then maybe you have to reass, reassess right, then you have to reassess it, but he certainly deserves a couple more chances which he'll get um this week, although I don't know how I haven't figured out yet what they're doing with this rotation and how many guys are going to pitch and if a guy pitching Ken, Kennedy pitching Tuesday, you would normally expect to see him Sunday. Right. And I haven't done that math, so I don't want to say that for sure he would be pitching Sunday. But they, after that, the rest of the season, you know, there's seven weeks uh, to play 42 games. Right. There's a lot of off days uh, the last uh, seven weeks of the season. Yeah, I know. I there's think that... they're going to be able to narrow it. Yeah, there's that one road trip where there's like an off day every, uh, between every series. Uh, it's 11 nights in 
in eight games. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, we'll see Kennedy and then uh, and then Robbie Erlin again on, on Wednesday, and then I that should bring Knicks back on uh, um, on Thursday, assuming that – because Eric Lauer is not quite ready yet. So um, we should – And I will uh, virtually assure you that that is a logistics uh, thing. I mean, that if – Eric Lauer, let's say that they really wanted to bring him back. Uh, the under my understanding is he's healthy, and so he'll be back probably for the next road trip. Okay, okay. So, but anyway, I mean, seeing back to back Knicks and Lucchese and those guys uh, throwing will be uh, interesting tonight. I mean, it's Clayton Richard, which there's not much you can say about that. Although I did find it uh, at least mildly interesting that the Angels are the last, the one team that Richard has never faced. So. At least he will uh, he will check that off his off his bucket list in terms of uh, in terms of facing every team. It's almost a a race to the finish here. Um, you know, Clayton's got that year left on the contract and everything, but uh, Clayton knows that uh, that he's pitching for his spot in the rotation. We'll say that. Right. Right. I will uh, talk to you later, Jay. This has been a blast. Let's do tangents more often. Yeah, that sounds great. And we'll, uh, I guess we'll do this again on Thursday, right? We've got a four-game series with the Diamondbacks coming for the, uh, for the weekend. And it's a big, it's a big Trevor Hoffman weekend uh, again this weekend with a statue uh, being unveiled on Saturday. And it looks like a couple good giveaways over the weekend. So we can, we can preview all that on, uh, on Thursday. And until that, enjoy, uh, enjoy a little interleague ball between uh, – Two Southern California teams. Right on. Thank you.